So, Sasha, tell me about your Wigmore residency. What's brought this about? Um, you mean how did it come into yeah, being? How, how, how did the residency evolve? I don't know. I think it's John Galholy who should be asked about it, not <laughs> me. I, I think that for me, I mean, of course, uh, as every living or dead musician, <laughs> we're all connected to Wigmore Hall. Uh, for me, some kind of break, not not really breakthrough, no. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of concerts here, some of them very bad, some of them not so bad, and a lot. But I remember I played here this Morton Feldman Tragic Memories, and I actually chickened out before the concert, and um, I called John, and I told him, look, I'm actually afraid because with all my incredible respect and love for Wigmore audience at this kind of conservative and and to play something which is post-avant-garde to such an extent that I mean and he said no 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 people are really excited about this and and and, and indeed they were and I mean that that concert when when, when I did Morton Feldman it was some kind of a trigger I think for this residence I would say so or uh, for me also it was it was a moment when Apart from the ever-present emotion of fear, when I play here, apart from that fear, I suddenly felt something else, and that was that was rather revelatory. That it could be, of course, fear didn't up, disappear; it's still there, but there was something else. So for me, it was a very special moment. Also, that music is very, 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 very soft, and after two hours of it or whatever, you start to really hear the little uh, sounds you never ever normally here yeah like mm -hmm. after a certain time it's like in the clavichord recital your ears adapt yeah so there are little very little sounds coming from the roof and from the lighting and then somehow it, it, it's a very funny thing but it, it made me feel very much connected to the building kind of that suddenly you could really hear the sounds from the street and also the, the sounds the building itself was doing so that was i mean quite a quite an memorable event for me with this mortal Feldman and otherwise I I more vividly about some concerts I've heard here not I've played there but yeah it's, it's a very special place of course yeah, yeah absolutely um, now you are playing the forte piano and the modern piano mm. as well this is quite unusual even not anymore nowadays. everybody does this these days well, not, I wouldn't say everybody a lot yeah. Well, how difficult is it to move from one to another? How much is it a different instrument and how much is it just a question of adapting yeah, it's, your it's technique? Really, you know, my problem is that when I try to answer something like this, I'm, I'm, I end up being really boring and serious because that, it's, it's, it's a very complex question and it, it cannot yeah. be answered with easy or hard. I mean, if it's a short answer, it's of course hard. Uh, first of all, if I talk about this place, I do believe... I know some people will kill me. I do believe this hall is not well suited for modern piano. I think that, and, and they have always wonderful, wonderful Steinways here. And it's not that they are, they're, they're very often perfectly regulated, really. I remember actually after I've done Morton Feldman, I even first and last time in my life, actually I've written a letter to Steinway to thank them for the technician they provided because it was perfect. And it's very tricky for this piece. However, the instrument which is built with the idea of huge concert halls is just 
I've played and heard many, many concerts here with modern piano, and never it gave me comfort, neither being on stage nor being in the audience. The best you can hope for is that the pianist is not too loud. This is already very difficult. It's just, it's a tricky acoustic for modern piano. I mean, it's it's not at all a reproach. It's just when I played here on historic, that is quite wonderful. I mean, on any historic, it, 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 I mean, I played here on everything starting from a five octave Valtra up to a kind of um, middle of 19th century romantic piano. It's all just wonderful. It blends with other instruments wonderful. It sounds solo wonderful, so there's no problem. Modern piano, I find it problematic here. So sorry, I didn't exactly answer your question, but um, about transition from one instrument to another, well, it's not ideal. And, and I mean, I do have two projects where I have to, when I do it on within one concert. And that is, okay, I agree, that is not a lot of people do that. and. Uh, my my fear is that it sometimes can look like a circus or something because I'm not actually trying to to do a circus. I'm actually trying to do it for at least partly for mu serious <laughs> musical reasons. So for the residency, you're doing a program of Schubert piano duets with Andreas Steyer, yeah. and then a fascinating chamber music concert of Mozart and Beethoven ensemble pieces with wind instruments. Uh, what instrument are you going to play? In, in this? Both the, both those will be on historic. So the Schubert program with Andreas is something we have recorded, actually. I, I think it will be on Edwin Dunk's Graf piano, the one we're not, not the one we recorded on. We recorded on Andreas' own concert graph copy made by uh, Christopher Clark. And um, for this concert, I believe Edwin is bringing one of his original graphs from Enschede. Well, Andreas is, of course, one of the most important musical personalities in my life, throughout my life. And also he became a very close friend. And um, it was always my dream to actually play with him. And, and I'm very happy that now we do it. We, we, before we did this Schubert, we did a lot of this kind of combined Bach Shostakovich project, which we did a lot. And sometimes I think it's actually sometimes it looks on paper better than actually is because first of all to to find an acoustic which is workable for both modern piano and harpsichord is possible but it's tricky it's really tricky some yeah. i mean out of 10 holes we would play it there would be one which would do it then it's okay otherwise mm. and schubert is of course something else and we're actually playing together and um uh, I mean, I've been very lucky with my musical partnerships all my life, but sitting next to Andreas when, when, when he's kind of happy and uh, on, on a roll, it's it's a very special experience, and I'm, I'm very, very happy we're doing it here. And the other program with Winds, it's one of my very favorite chamber music programs, projects. I mean, that's the whole point of residency, one does what one wants to. <laughs> and um, first of all, the musicians are just, for me, Crème de la Crème, the, the best. And um, Mozart went, quintet for piano students, even according to himself, as he wrote in, in a letter to his father, is, is probably, he considered it one of his very best pieces. And it's, it is, actually is. And what I find incredibly touching, that next to this, Beethoven really stands his ground. That, that it's very different yet of course it's not too different because it's the same setting and of course there there are connections and how gently but firmly the Beethoven quintet says yeah I'm also there actually 
I was always amazed by this and actually against all odds having those two works next to each other in my mind makes sense. Yeah, and the Beethoven horn sonata is something we hear very infrequently. Yes, and that's also that that is you know I have many many pieces which I grew up to thanks to the musicians I played it with, and and the horn sonata is definitely one of those because when I mean it was written like in, in five minutes, and if you look at it, okay, yeah, sure, yes, and then when I rehearsed it with Dennis for the first time, and of course they are more deprived of repertoire, they're not as spoiled as as we are. But then the seriousness and the love, not the, and the humor, seriousness and humor, yeah, together, with which Tennis looked at this piece and, and, and he really opened up my eyes to the things which I had absolutely not the slightest idea about in this um, in this music. So that's, uh, I'm very happy to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> now the Schubert piano duets are this incredible treasury of great music. Mm. Um, t- tell us something about how you f- feel about playing them? What what does the music demand yeah, of you? Well, it's tricky. Um, first of all, since many years, I'm not, I wouldn't say frustrated, no, but sad because everybody knows the fantasy and that there is like three thick volumes of, as you say, treasures. And some of them, I mean, pardon me, this incredible, how you say, uh, Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Some of them I actually like almost more than the fantasy. Like the A-flat major variations is, is, I mean, wow. And nothing wrong with the fantasy. Of course, this is an incredible piece, but everybody knows that. I mean, the beginning of it, let me put it this way. And his output as a forehands composer is amazing. It's a very special genre and it's very, very difficult. And and, and when Mozart writes for forehands, it's actually crazy because he just manages it with his with his ease like everything he does and the amount of notes is exactly what it should be and everything feels at home on a five octaves piano and it's just you know you just sit there and play it and if you don't screw up too much it's basically fine okay then you have to think about the ornamentation all those horrors but otherwise it's okay schubert is not that I mean, Schubert is probably my favorite composer, so I mean, I can allow myself to say that. He's not that successful in forehand writing. Things do get too condensed sometimes in some of the works. It's just too many, it's too full. And and, and I don't know, the grand duo to all intents and purposes in orchestra piece written out for forehands. And even in the French divertissement, um, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's too it's too full. So it's it's very difficult to make this sound transparent enough uh, somehow it, it's a bit easier on a historic instrument than on modern but on the other hand historic presents other sets of problems which are harder than on modern so it's it's difficult um, but then again if I have to choose one piece Schubert piece of forehands piece I mean not not any piece but forehands piece for the deserted island it will be definitely the flat major variations and, and not the fantasy although there's nothing wrong with the fantasy of course and um, yeah, it's it's you're right. The, the, those are treasures, and there are many of them. They're very like the three three big volumes, and a lot of this is hardly ever played. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's wonderful that you're giving us a chance to hear an entire concert of them. Yeah, I it's, it's. I mean, venture and venture, as they say. Yes. <laughs> you had quite a, a classic. Um, top concert pianist training at the Moscow Conservatoire with Lev Naumov. 
Um, how did you then get interested in playing historical instruments? Oh, I just liked it. I don't know. I, I I had this interest. I mean, I I never I never learned how to do it, unfortunately. But uh, the interest I had since I was a teenager, and I, I just liked. It. I was back then. And now it's like I, everything is, and it's I like actually the idea. It, it became for wrong reason because it, it became fashionable at some point, and then still it's I find it good that it's became a norm. But back then, especially in the Soviet Union, it was not at all a norm, and it was. Like we still had to fight through this. First of all, we didn't have any instruments, of course, we had one. But then you had to to fight through the yeah, yeah, but exactly, but normal piano and all these kind of things. But it's a long time ago, and I mean, I forgot more or less. There was there was there were some musical, as usually, musicians who influenced me hugely. There was one violinist. Uh, his name is Nazar Kajokhari. I have no idea what he's doing. I mean, he has his little group in St. Petersburg. And then, of course, there was Alexei Lyubimov, who, who for me is and was in a way is uh, a figure of compar comparable importance with Andreas for me. I mean, he, he, I, I regret I never could be his student. I mean, I played for him. I had some private license. We played together quite a lot. He is somebody who influenced me in, in a very big way. Yeah. So... And then I, I heard something and I liked it. And then I heard Andres's recording and some CD shop and I was crazy and I wanted to go and study with him and so on and so forth. So that was how it all began. Yeah, just by interest. And and then I, I, I mean, modern piano, I mean, just my love for, for modern piano is something which came much later. Uh, and maybe because of, of looking into old pianos a little bit, I understood on the engineering level the water is life i understood that um what kind of purely technological achievement is the modern piano action i, I would never think about it otherwise but it's still not my favorite instrument somehow yeah. so um you first met andreas as his student is that right no i've been i mean he i decided back in more than 20 years ago i went to be a student in this lago di como uh, Italian pianistic natural resort because of Andres basically because he was one of the teachers he was already he was already not teaching in Basel and and I knew I was too old already so I, I just went there because I wanted yes I absolutely did want to meet him and to play for him and uh, through a common friend I, I asked if I could be yeah there was it was I was studying with Elisa Versaladze in Munich, who is absolutely wonderful, of course. And and then I thought, okay, I actually had enough of all this modern piano. It's just I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't know what to do with it at all. And I already started to play some for piano on my own, and I got completely carried away uh, because, you know, when you don't know anything at all, it may seem that the complex problem has a very simple solution, and it didn't. It didn't have any, but it, it seemed to be in the beginning that ah, one can be so free and you know. yeah. And then I went to, to yeah, there that's where I met Andres in Italy. And actually, I played there for him only two or three times. But then I, I made sure I, I think I, I was learning some concerti, and I asked him for private lessons in Köln, and that's what I did. And and then we slowly became friends. And then he wanted to visit Moscow, so he came and visited Moscow. 
back then it was very different. And um, do you, I mean, you are two musicians of extraordinary personality in your playing. But when you play together, do you modify things to match each other or do you sort of become a, a kind of third animal, as it were? I don't know. As, as I say, I am very, very lucky to play with musicians whom I love. And, 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 and I, but don't ask, I don't know. I mean, of, of course, the whole point of rehearsing and working on something is to, to come to to certain decision or a certain way of doing things, which is possible. But since Andres, for example, is somebody for him, I have the deepest imaginable admiration. I no, I don't have to change anything. I just have to try to to not screw it up too much. So <laughs> nothing else there. It's not not complex at all. I was reading some very interesting, lively interviews with you, mm. and I see that you have a pilot's license. Yes, I have a private pilot license since more than 20 years. And at the moment, actually, I'm working on ATPL now. I mean, I'm in the middle of the theory course to, to get the airline transport pilot license just as a challenge and to do something which, I mean, I... I I don't know. It just I I need it's it's, it's crazy because I'm I'm very very busy and, and and I have a lot of stress factors everywhere and people say are you crazy on top of everything doing and it's actually it helps me to 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 switch and to do something completely different and to understand just how miserable I am at mathematics and physics and 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 and, and to really feel this incredible slowness how the wheels are not don't want to turn in your head at all because you know. People are doing this in the age of 20 normally. I'm doing it at the age of 45. And those are some very, very difficult tests. But is it something that you can actually use to to kind of make yourself more mobile in when you have a no, tricky no, journey? No, no, no. Well, no, I mean, I know that, it's, that the financial factors will never allow me to because I'm, I'm a classical musician. I, I mean, on a little Cessna, I did fly sometimes to concerts, but... Well, you can count it on one hand because I mean I I, I never had instrument ratings and then it's you did depend on the weather and you can't be late for a concert, 
but uh, well i will have hopefully instrument rating now i don't know no it's it's it has nothing to do with this it's just um, the world of aviation is something which fascinated me since i was three since the very first time i caught uh, I, I took a flight with, with my parents and i it was a very defining moment. I mean, I, I, I was absolutely crazy, still am. It's much, 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 much simpler than music, which I like. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. the whole thing is like, well, although I have to say, I thought I more or less know everything about this. And then I'm, I'm surprised it's not strictly about flying, but the, the amount of things I have to learn for those 14 exams is interesting because there are really many more things I was ignorant about then so it's interesting so there is it's not that simple um yeah and I just I just like it and, and and as I say sometimes you need to just do something else I mean I need it for my sanity somehow I mean I don't want to sound pretentious but it's it's true just to somehow yeah mm, I, I've come across one or two other musicians yeah. who who do this as well and I well I mean there are always those talented people like you know Daniel Harding or not who just kind of sails through it but you know I'm I'm, I'm, mm. I'm a simple guy I'm not like that so <laughs> I don't have this kind of ability to have a Mahler symphony in, in the head you know without any problem <laughs> <laughs> flying over the clouds yeah. so practicing no, Mahler yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's I mean maybe this is a, a touch of poetic license on my part but I wonder if there's some sort of correlation between music and flying and yeah but not poetic yes uh, well yes and no but there are definitely things like every experiences you have in your life of course they make their way into other areas and things like risk management and concentration for sure for sure that's really a lot of things are like being to, trying to being able to be in front of things and not behind things so to say and you know uh, and risk management too because you have to take risks and and you just have to understand what is giving the circumstances what is good what is not good yeah. Yeah. Um, now, your musical partnerships are very much a part of this residency. Yeah. And um, I'm catching you for this interview while you're in the middle of rehearsing for a concert with Isabel Faust yeah. and Stephen Isilis. Um, you you tend to build very long-term, regular partnerships with with your chamber music colleagues. Is that well, I have, yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I'm just only can say how lucky I am. But, I mean, I don't have many. I mean, I have Isabel, of course. I have Jean-Guyen. Um, Keras, who is also my regular chamber music partner, that's about it. I mean, and then I have some of musicians I absolutely love. One of them is another cellist, Alexander Rudin, whom I'm bringing here in, in, in the Wigmore Hall, which I'm so happy about in June. And um, yeah, people like Wind, the Winds, and, and, and uh, some singers. Yeah, but my real regular full-time chamber music partners are actually Isabel and Jean-Guyen, and to a certain well, Andreas, yeah, but it's it's different because he's like more of a guru and it's a forehands playing, so it's different. But yeah, I mean, when when I was in this country in Oxford uh, Chamber Music Festival, when I for the first time heard Isabel in in the last millennium uh, playing uh, some Bach, I I will. It was like the experience of that first flight on an airplane. I thought, wow, what that is a violinist. I mean, I didn't know you can do this with this instrument it's and it was exactly what i wanted and and ever since um, 
Yeah, I'm very lucky. It's just, I mean it. I mean, I'm not trying to, there's no false modesty here. I'm just very lucky to play with her because it's, uh, it's always incredible experience rehearsing and playing. And, and then she's just, she's just playing so well. <laughs>